Welcome to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. We're passionate about helping you restore your metabolism for confidence, energy, and fat loss without giving up the foods you love. We're your hosts, Josh and Brittany. Listen for simple, easy-to-follow tips and strategies that you can start implementing today to get long-term results. We're so glad you're here. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Welcome back to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how I put on three inches to my glutes. This is awesome. I mean, I'm a huge fan of this. (laughs) And by putting on three inches, it's not like I have some big booty or anything like that. So I just want to make that clear. But what I have done is I have basically worked from a very flat butt to putting in a lot of work and effort into building it. And by adding on three inches, I I really feel like it's, it's perky now. It's high and... Like, yeah. I actually feel confident wearing a thong swimsuit, which is That's big. something I would not have been caught dead in a year ago. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, again, I'm a huge fan of. Um, yeah, and the underlying uh, thing with this is muscle growth. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk so much about how important muscle growth is for longevity, for general movement. And a big thing over the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years was, was growing a stronger, firmer booty. And um, we see so much benefit from that through power output, strength, general Mm -hmm. strength, and just physical like aesthetics. And it just, it looks great to fill out a pair of jeans. (laughs) It sure does. And it also signifies that someone is really strong and powerful by Mm -hmm. having nice glutes. So yeah. Yeah. So the big three lifts that people see in many like strength programs are going to be your bench squat and deadlift and the glutes are such a critical point in that bench or in the squat and the deadlift um like i said which is just the the pinnacle of strength mm-hmm. um and again everyone loves a good pair of glutes <laughs> so let's go through how you did it okay what was the number one thing it's hard to label like which one was actually number one because so many things work together in order to, to grow a butt. Um, but I think that one of the most important things was followed a a training program with a structured progressive overload. Um, so being able to load heavy weights. So I think that that is first and foremost, what did it for me because coming from a very hit background, cardio background, it is it is very hard, if not impossible, to put on, to build a butt. <laughs> yeah, so all rep ranges will build muscle. Mm-hmm. However, if you're doing one set of 30, two sets of 30, three sets of 30 with like 15 pound weights or very light weights, as opposed to what you're doing now is you're doing sets of, let's say, six to eight with very heavy weights for that hip thrust or deadlift or something like that. One of those big compound lifts, you're going to see more development because the workout style has changed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so with your experience, you went from a very popular, I think it was the sweat app, Mm -hmm. which is a great app. It has great workout programs, but they're very high volume programs. Yeah. Instead of a strong hip thrust or deadlift, wait two to three minutes, and then I'm going to have you do that again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your experience like changing from a more maybe high intensity, high volume workout to something that's a little bit slower paced, but required a little bit more um, strength and uh, perfection of the movement? First, it was very challenging mentally because I couldn't wrap my head around, well, I'm not, I'm barely breaking a sweat. Like I'm not working out hard enough. How can I possibly be getting closer to my goals when I feel like I'm not working out as hard? But then as I started to get stronger and realize, oh, wow, I'm a lot stronger than I ever realized. You go from hip thrusting, uh, 50 pounds to hundreds of pounds. And then you realized, wow, okay, I get it now. And it also got me really excited because I started actually wanting to hit PRs. It wasn't just about what I looked like anymore. It wasn't just about trying to grow up, but it was actually about being able to increase my weight just a little bit more. And it started to become more exciting. So at first it started really challenging because I really had to unlearn everything in my head and just let that go and reabsorb new information, try some something new and stick with it for a really long time before things started to actually change. And I actually got excited about it. Yeah. So it seems like your, your perspective changed from, I want to achieve a certain body to, I want to get better at a certain movement and really push the limits of what I feel like my body can do. And then as a result, you achieved a certain body. Yes. So I want, my perspective has shifted from I want to look a certain way to, I want to be the healthiest version of who I am, which most often will result in the best looking version of you. And I think that's one of the key things we try to communicate with our clients and we help them to shift their mindsets because if they can take their, their mindset away from, I want to grow a booty, or I want to look a certain way, or I want to lose a be a certain body fat percentage, or I want to lose, be a certain number on the scale. If they can let that go and actually focus on feeling good, getting stronger, then everything changes Mm -hmm. (laughs) at that point, because then you're, you're able to actually appreciate those little wins. And then you're able to be consistent because those wins feel good and you want to keep feeling better and you want to keep getting stronger. Whereas the end result, it takes a really long time. So if you're always focusing on the end result, you're not going to feel like you're getting anywhere. Yeah. And I think that speaks a lot to the idea of motivation as well Mm -hmm. is when people are searching for motivation, many times it's because they have this long goal in mind that's so far away instead of looking at it and changing their perspective to, I am trying to be my healthiest version of myself. So I see a five pound increment go up on my hip thrust, my squat, my deadlift, whatever that could be. Um, so they see these little wins, which will result in the motivation that they're looking for. So if motivation is the thing you're struggling with, it's maybe a bad goal. So changing perspective on that goal to what is the healthiest version of me? Well, it's getting stronger. It's dialing into my nutrition a little bit more while not really causing too much stress in my life. Mm -hmm. So another thing that I like in terms of how you've developed between more of a hit high volume athlete to more of a, I'm searching for my healthiest version of myself and strength wise too, was how much you've paid attention to form and range of motion and how that has impacted your strength. So we'll have conversations around your deadlift form, or are you going low enough in your squats and really trying to stretch out those muscles through the proper range of motion, which then has resulted in higher strength adaptation. 
Yeah. And I think this goes back to a lot of the the misconceptions that I had from the get-go was when I first started shifting to this type of programming, I thought, okay, I just need to get, I just need to lift heavier weights. Mm-hmm. But, and then that's kind of how I started. I just wanted to lift heavier weights. And then I realized that actually there is another way to progress. And that is focusing on my form and slowing my temple, because those are actually ways that you get stronger by slowing your tempo. You've made it harder. So once you were able to do 10 reps, now you can only do seven reps. You've made it harder on yourself. And that's kind of how you're able to increase the weight over time. Cause sometimes you're not able to jump up to another weight unless you slow down the tempo and get a little stronger at your current weight. And then also focusing on your form. And I have extremely bad hip mobility. (laughs) And that's something I've been working on. So my squat started out, I couldn't even squat down to parallel. Um, Now I'm only at parallel, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm working on the ass to the grass, as they say. Um, But I know that working towards that is a progression to build my glutes and also to improve my hip mobility and mobility in just life in general. So it's all just, it's all coming together. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll start to, and when we say your version of your healthiest self, it's something that your healthiest version of you is going to be able to squat as low as possible Mm -hmm. without any weight. Because when I'm picking up our son, I want to be able to go down to his level. So the healthiest version of me is being the best dad I can be, which means I'm able down, able to get down to his level. I'm able to lunge, squat, whatever I need to do. If I need to pick him up to go up the stairs, I can do that. So thinking about your overall perspective of I may be able to lift heavier, but is that detrimental to my long-term success? Mm-hmm. And then maybe that's not the win that you're actually looking for. So that's where form really is the foundation of all strength. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so important to start to incorporate mobility work and that kind of stuff. So you have the ability to increase uh, as an overall athlete and Mm -hmm. not just for aesthetics. Yeah. And so I feel like the next thing that you've changed in terms of your overall structure to work out and it has resulted in a lot of glute growth is intensity. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about like how are you viewing intensity now versus how you viewed it um, maybe a year or two ago when you were doing a different style of working out? My intensity back then was to go hard as fast as I can and get a sweat. And now my intensity is push as hard as I can and then rest and recover so I can push as hard as I can again for my next set. So whereas before I was doing maybe 20 reps of something at a lighter weight. Now I am doing maybe quadruple or 10 times the weight and maybe sometimes five to six reps or eight to 10 reps, depending on where I'm at in my programming. And I am really like pushing force into every single rep. And I'm really focusing on the muscle that I want to grow that mind body connection. Whereas before I was just trying to get through it, get done, get out the door. Yeah. So what does that feel like to actually push, use the force, uh, necessary to get that weight up? What does like intensity feel like? Um, because I think it's a hard thing for people to really wrap their head around. Cause if I say do one set, uh, one tough set to eight, 
you may think you're doing as much as you can to that set of eight. But I, and I say this because I had this example where I had a guy, I said, I want you to do a tough set of eight. He did it. I looked at his face while he was doing it. It didn't seem like it was that tough. I was like, all right, let's just do as many as you can. I'm not even going to count, um, which I was secretly counting. And he did 20. So it's obviously wasn't a tough set of eight. And so what does that what does that feel like to really go into those higher levels of intensity um, for the person who may not truly understand intensity? So there's a couple different ways that I like to think about intensity. So one is you can actually see the intensity on someone's face. And this is what you said with the example that you just brought up. So if someone is just, if they're doing hip thrusts and they just roll the bar up and they crank them out and they're like, oh, that was, that was heavy. That was hard. It probably was hard. But if they're not actually breathing, they're wiggling their feet and their hips and they take that breath when they take that first set and you see that struggle in their face, it's probably not hard enough. Um, And then another way to measure it is if after you finish whatever reps that you set out to do, say it's eight reps, if you have more than two reps left in the tank, you didn't push yourself hard enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, I guess the term for this is like the rest and reserve or the RPE, um, your relative perceived exertion. You want that to be around like 80% or only two to three left in the tank for almost every set that you're doing. So mm-hmm. you want to be able to push that intensity multiple times throughout your workout. Um, if you're doing that, you're going to look forward to that two minutes of rest after each set. And I think one thing to make sure that you have the intensity to push through those heavy lifts that are important that you're targeting, like your glute exercises, is to make sure that you're not overdoing your warm up beforehand, which is something that I used to do a lot of. My warm ups would be a lot of burpees or maybe five minutes on the treadmill or the stair climber and a whole bunch of stuff before I get into the movement. So by doing that, you're so exhausted that you can't put that level of exertion and intensity into the movement that you actually need to do at a heavier weight and as strong as possible in order to actually grow muscle. Yeah. And I think that speaks to a much larger issue we see with a lot of the the athletes that come to us is that they love to work out. Working out, getting to the gym is often not an issue for a lot of the people we coach because they're runners. They want to do a marathon. Um, Like I'm doing a half Ironman. So there's a point where you're actually never fully recovered. And if you're never fully recovered, you can't give that set that 80% intensity that is essential for muscle growth. Mm -hmm. So can you speak to sometimes it just takes some days off to really be able to push for your days on? Yeah, we actually just took a few days off from working out because we had to go out of town unexpectedly and it was just accessing a gym. It just wasn't an option. So when we came back, I thought, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be so tired. This is going to be hard. And I actually went up in weight. And it's because I took those few days off and I rested because what we know for sure is your muscle, your body actually builds muscle when you're resting. It doesn't build muscle in the gym. It makes little micro tears when you're building it, when you're in the gym, um, doing the movement. So you need to get quality sleep in order to build muscle. You need to take rest days. That's why you cannot push yourself intensely every single day. That's why you're better off doing every other day or switching up your workouts or setting it up in a structured way so that you you have those rest days in between. 
Yeah, and and that just goes to like some of the the workout splits or how we program our workouts. We're trying to do either a full body every day for a lot of our clients, which the full body is enough volume to elicit some growth or not too much volume where you're going to be burned out to be able to work out in a day or two. Um, or it's an upper lower split where we're going to push really hard on an upper day, which is going to be like your push pull muscles. So chest, back, arms, that type of thing, and then allow a couple days to recover. And then on those couple days of recovery, you're pushing the lower body exercises. So they're all built around recovering enough to be able to push that workout as hard as possible. Because again, we're trying to tear our muscles during the workout, but we need to allow adequate amount of time to rest to get the growth and adaptation that we're looking for. And that also brings us to another idea, which is soreness. Because if you aren't resting properly, if you're not recovering properly and you're sore for two, three days afterwards, that's a very good indicator that you're overtraining. Yes. And, and so much of us indicate a good workout by the level of soreness that we have. But if you're sore very often, it means you're probably doing too much volume for your current activity level. Mm-hmm. And you're just not recovering properly. A little soreness is great. A lot of soreness is not good for anything. Because um, it has to be a progression, whether it's increasing in weight, increasing in load, increasing in volume. It should be a slow progression that you can ultimately handle and recover. And I think that's one of those things that you have to unlearn is because you just, we always tend to think that more is better, more volume. I always need to push harder. But sometimes if you are not recovering properly, you are going too intensely or you aren't resting properly in between sets or in between your workouts, or you're just doing too many exercises or sets overall, and you have to dial it back. And when you do dial it back, you can actually make more progress. You can actually see more muscle growth because you're able to recover. And that's when your body actually builds muscles in recovery. So if you're not taking the time, if you're overloading yourself with your workouts, you're working too intensely, too frequently, and you're not taking the time to recover properly and you're sore all the time, then your body isn't going to be able to build the muscle. You're just going to be sore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of goes to this idea of really, you need to own your workouts. Like you need to take on that responsibility as the client, as the athlete, as the person who is looking to grow whatever muscle. And in your case, it was the glute. You need to own, like, I'm getting too sore from this workout. Can we dial back the volume? Or I'm not getting sore. I need to increase the volume or increase the intensity. You you have to start to understand or, that this is your path that's going to lead you to the healthiest self. So if you feel like your form falters at a certain point in your lift, there are accessory movements that we can work on to help you increase that load. If there are weak points in your body, you have to understand, I feel weak here. Maybe I need to do some accessory movements because if I can strengthen those weak points, your overall lifts will be better as a result. Um, Because I know we definitely went down that road where you want to grow your glutes without really growing your legs. And we saw a little bit of muscle adaptation and size but where we really saw is when you started doing heavier lifts with compound lifts like the deadlift the hip thrust and the squat 
all of them and the Bulgarian split squat. So when we started incorporating more lifts of different styles is when we saw the most growth. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing that I made a point to do was fuel my body properly. Mm -hmm. Because back in the day when I was doing all those move, um, all those workouts, those hit workouts in the cardio, I was just not eating enough in general for the level of exertion I was putting out. Um, and then when I started strength training, initially I wasn't, when I started like really weightlifting initially, I just wasn't eating enough. I wasn't eating enough protein. I wasn't eating enough calories. So by intentionally paying attention to how much I'm consuming in terms of calories and actually hitting my protein goal, which for me personally is one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Uh, that's when I started to see substantial growth. Yeah. And I think this one's going to be a hard one, I think for a lot of people, um, especially for women, but if I need to eat enough, but I'm also scared of gaining weight or gaining fat, what should a person focus on first? Do you think if they're looking to gain muscle, but not gain fat, should a person focus more on maybe let's dial back our uh, body fat percentage to something you're really comfortable with and then let's slowly add muscle or should I focus on muscle building first and then worry about dialing or taking off some of the body fat percentage next? I think it depends on where the person is coming from. If someone has a lot of body fat to lose, um, and also it depends on where, how much dieting they've done in the past. So if they've been coming from a place of restriction, um, and even if they have a lot of body fat to lose or not, then the best option is probably to spend some time maintaining, building muscle, shifting the mindset, working, working that around, and then get to a place where you're consistent with everything. And then you can do a little cut and you can see some of the progress you've made. And then you can go back to maintenance and put on some more muscle and then do a little cut and see how much progress you've made. Real quick, if you haven't already downloaded our macros and metabolism makeover guide, you're going to want to do that as soon as possible. It's a great resource to learn how to safely and sustainably lose fat and manage your weight on your own without any crazy detoxes or calorie restrictions. Visit our website at prettyhealthyfamily.com or check out the show notes to download it. Okay, back to the episode. I like really what you say. It's it's about perspective in your history, whether you should try to lean out first or try to gain muscle second or vice versa, because how you your relationship with your body and what you see in the mirror is the most important thing. And your perspective on that will largely dictate the route you should go. I prefer a, I prefer our clients go to more, let's try to lean out first and then try to build muscle because very few people are upset when they're seeing visible abs and they find it more motivating when they're seeing a visible abs and some tone to their body where it can get somewhat frustrating when you're saying you're building muscle, but you just feel sluggish. So I tend to like leaning out first, but if you do have a history of abnormal eating and not having a good relationship with your body, leaning out first may not be the right answer. It should be, how do we build the healthiest version of yourself? Mm -hmm. And how do we, and many times that's going to be through pursuing strength and pursuing building muscle. And then as we do that, our calorie 
demands increase and let's say we're just trying to keep our calories the same on a nutrition standpoint then all of a sudden we're burning more calories throughout the day we become leaner as a result of that um so it's it really is about that perspective shift but i i will be the first one to say it's it is a mental battle when you're trying to gain muscle but you don't want to gain the fat and this is one of the reasons why in a surplus, we only recommend two to 300 calories uh, a day in a surplus. And your goal for weight gain month after month is probably only about one to two pounds because you're probably only going to see about one, if slightly less than that, pounds of muscle weight gain per month anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you do eat in a surplus, it is inevitable that you will likely gain a little bit of fat. But it's really not that big of a deal because you can go back and lose it afterwards. And when you do, you're going to have so much more muscle on your body. You will look like a completely different person when it's all said and done. Granted, this is a really long process and I really want to emphasize that it's, this isn't going to happen in three or four months. It's going to take, depending on where you're coming from in your history, it could take six months. It could take years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like we said, if you're only gaining one pound or less of muscle, even the best athletes in the world are only gaining one pound or less of muscle every month. It is a long journey. When I'm thinking about gaining 10 to 20 pounds of muscle on my frame, I have to just do the math. And that's probably 10 pounds of muscle is probably only one year. Mm-hmm. And that's a long year to only gain 10 pounds of muscle. So, But granted, 10 pounds of muscle can look completely different from person mm-hmm. to person. So 10 pounds of muscle for me is a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so one year for me to put on 10 pounds of muscle, like that's excellent. Um, I'll see quite a big, huge change in my body. Yes. And, but you're going to have to deal with those mental battles of, Oh yeah. <laughs> not seeing the abs the way that social media see shows the abs. And so maybe picking certain times of the year when you're okay with, having a little bit more fluff on the body is mm-hmm. probably appropriate. Um, and then maybe going into a smaller bulk on those more warmer months when you may be showing a little bit more skin. And occasionally doing a cut, going into a little deficit just to remind yourself, okay, like this is why I'm doing this. So you can see a little bit of what you're doing and you can slim down just a little bit and that will give you the motivation. You need to go back into the slight surplus, that slight build, so you can put on even more muscle. Yeah. So any other, what's the the key supplement gradient to building glutes? It sounds like it's just working out and nutrition. <laughs> it's working out following that structured progressive overload training program. It's nutrition. It's eating appropriately for your goals, whatever they may be. And it's sleep and recovery making sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're prioritizing your mental well-being. And a lot of it comes down to that point we keep bringing back to it's your mindset and shifting your focus away from the end result and and along the journey. It's enjoying the journey and making those mental shifts along the way to help you get to that end goal. But yeah, good stuff. All right. I hope that was helpful for everybody. And uh, maybe this could help you grow three inches to your <laughs> If you know you're ready to lose weight and build muscle while simultaneously improving your relationship with food, but would love some additional support, we're here to help you. 
We know that dieting too strictly for too long can slow your metabolism and we can help you restore it with our proven PHF method. We've helped hundreds of others reach their physique and health goals without having to give up the foods they love or constantly being on a diet. And we'd love to help you too. Fill out the obligation-free application in the show notes or at prettyhealthycoaching.com. Thank you.